And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Steikast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. Today, it's all changed at Borussia Dortmund. The club no longer believes in Father Christmas and have fired the manager on Sunday afternoon following a 5-1 home defeat against Stuttgart. We look at the reasons for the Swiss tactician getting the boot and wonder who's next in line with Yellow Wall Pod's Lars Pollmann and Christoph Biermann. There's also time to check in on the rise of the corporations with Wolfsburg, Leverkusen and Leipzig all doing well. Right. Let's start with Lucien falling on his sword. Or knowing him, it's probably more of a pocket knife with dozens of weird contraptions like a laser beam that measures a player's exact positioning on the pitch. Christoph, it was inevitable, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was. Especially, I mean, uh, on the one hand side, the result against Stuttgart, this 5-1 defeat, the way uh, Borussia Dortmund played, and also the comments after the game, uh, especially from uh, Marco Reus and uh, Mats Hummels, both pointing in the direction of the others. Uh, so Marco Reus saying, uh, we are not, uh, we are a team that is not defending well, interestingly. And Mats Hummels uh, complaining about we only uh, playing in the small spaces and giving uh, balls uh, away easily. It was like, oh yeah, it's a, a problem from the guys up front and uh, and also from uh, the uh, guys up front saying, oh, we have a problem in the back. And that all didn't sound like you can go on with the manager like that. So no surprise. And and also no surprise because the maybe the plan uh, Borussia Dortmund had to, yeah, in a way... Finish the season uh, properly with a safe uh, place in the Champions League and maybe uh, getting around further in the Champions League or two or whatever. I, I think it was doomed. So yes, no doubt about it that it was also the correct decision. Lance, how do you feel about these things? You're not always of the the sunniest disposition when it comes to Borussia Dortmund. You feel a bit happier about them today that uh, Lucien Favre is gone. Well, first of all, I'm. I'm never happy when a good man loses his job and certainly Lucien Favre has shown to be a very fine human being in his two and a half years at Dortmund. Uh, certainly an upgrade in that regard over a few of the more successful coaches they've had in the past, uh, looking at Thomas Tuchel for, for one. But I think, yeah, as, as you guys said, there was a sense of inevitability around this decision. I was still a little bit surprised, I would say, just because of, you know, schedule congestion, making it quite tough uh, to switch coaches mid-season this campaign, uh, especially since there's no real winter break in Germany this season. So I was kind of not expecting this still. But I mean, as Christoph said, after this game, the gulf that the team has showed uh i think there, yeah that there, there really wasn't a way for this to go on and 
the the biggest problem is obviously in my opinion that you know missing out on Champions League football this season in COVID times would be quite devastating for them financially. So I think they were more inclined to make a change uh, than they'd usually be. Yeah, Michel talked the sporting director making the point that the targets for the season were becoming endangered by this rotten run that they were going through. Christoph, you, you mentioned that both parts of the team kind of blamed each other, but essentially they also they blamed the coach, didn't they? There's a yep. lack of balance, yep. there's a lack of coherence, and mistakes seem to be systemic rather than accidental. And I think Lars is right. I think the idea that Dortmund could somehow sort of overlook the flaws and muddle through was basically blown apart by the manner of the defeat. Uh, that this was a team that had basically given up. A little bit like Bayern against Eintracht Frankfurt not long ago when they also lost, curiously, 5-1. And then Niko Kovac, of course, uh, got the boot. I think the, the game only sort of exposed all the fault lines in the team and between between Favre and the team as far as the tactics were concerned. Yeah, very much so. And and if you, if you have uh, watched the game, it was deserved... And that's the um, uh, maybe the most shocking aspect of it. It was not just a very good Stuttgart team, but they were so much superior and um, it could have even won higher. Something that Marco Royce also said. He said we, we could we could have got more goals, six or seven or whatever. So that was a clear sign of a... A systemic failure at that uh, game. So yeah, they they seem to have a a lot of issues at at Borussia Dortmund. I think also internally with the with the team. And um, I say it again: when when uh, two parts of the team are pointing the finger on each other, I think it's it's not a a sign of unity or or whatever. So and I think the the explanations we could probably have like Erling Haaland missing or also uh, they, they are not helping when you, when you look at this match. So this was a complete breakdown and and so I agree with with the last I mean I I always uh, said it here and that I I like uh, Lucien Favre not only as a a person because he's a he's a very nice man but also so he's a very good coach, and I think the the next club that is uh, can sign him will be happy, um, because they get a very good coach. But but for a long time it it looked as if uh, Borussia Dortmund and Lucien Favre weren't the 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 right match. I wonder, alas, if what Christoph said is right about the next club getting Lucien Favre being very happy. There seems to be something about his his game that seems a little bit antiquated. I think you can play that way, but it seems to be going against sort of the the, the trend of of teams being a lot more proactive without possession, uh, trying to be more vertical, trying to be quicker. His game is very slow, and I don't know who wants to play that way. Certainly, I think not Dortmund, where it always felt to me like there was a bit of a cultural misfit from the outset. Maybe the fact that COVID took away the fans since March made it a little bit less pronounced and less obvious. But I think his football and maybe by extension his his style of management was never the real perfect fit for Dortmund, was it? Yeah, I would say he was the the 
right kind of person first and foremost to steady the ship after the abysmal 2017 they had with uh, Tuchel leaving, Boschnack working out, and Peter Stöger being a very uninspiring caretaker choice. But you could certainly see after the first half season where they blew everyone out of the water, basically, that you know the the next step in the development wasn't really there, and that as you said, the 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 style that he prefers never really gelled too much with uh, the public at Dortmund. And I would say also uh, some of the players. Um, I don't really see. Too many clubs that would that that Favre would fit. Uh, to be honest, as you said, like he certainly is a very good coach. Uh, I think he might be uh, best served looking into an, a national team. I mean, he's also in his uh, close to his mid sixties now, so he's not got many uh, years at, at at the club level left. I mean, as I said, he's a really good coach, but has a somewhat peculiar style. It's, it's very laborious. So, I mean, unless he gets to a club that is always the favorite and can afford to be slow and and deliberate with their play. Uh, I don't I don't really see too many uh, avenues for him. I mean, I've seen people talk uh, about him in in terms of maybe taking over for Ateta at Arsenal if that doesn't work out over the uh, rest of the season. But I mean, he's as close as you can get to Arsene Wenger without re-signing Arsene Wenger. I would say so. I don't really see how that would work out. It is nevertheless a shame, as you said, because he is a lovely guy, and I think initially at least we all wanted him to succeed. And I think the chances were there to succeed. Uh, there was an interesting line by our colleague Freddy Reckenhaus in Süddeutsche Zeitung who said that the two um, second places, the two runners-up spots that he achieved were more seen internally as a failure to win the title against the Bayern team that was definitely weak, at least for one and a half seasons of that of that reign. But nevertheless, life has to go on and Eden Terzic has been promoted from assistant coach to caretaker manager, at least until the end of the year. Uh, Lars, who is he and can we expect things to change quickly and rapidly and maybe as profoundly as they did at Bayern when their caretaker manager and former assistant coach Hansi Flick took over in November of last year? I think that's a bit of an ask uh, of a 38-year-old who's never been a head coach at any level as far as I know. I mean... People are excited about him, uh, you know, in the background at Dortmund because he's a much more excitable character than Farfel. People think that he might be able to rejuvenate almost the, the squad that has been, you know, unhappy with the, let's say, indecisiveness of Farfel and perhaps the lack of emotion as well. But I think it's it's very hard, at least for me, to uh, you know characterize him as you know a football mind, a head coach, because he's never been that. He's uh, been an assistant at the youth level. He was a scout when uh, he first joined Dortmund in I think 2010. He's from the Sauerland area, the same area which uh, Hans Joachim Watzke is from, kind of a stronghold of uh, Dortmund outside of uh, the city borders, if you like. Um, he never played at the top level, but that also means that he started coaching very early. He was assistant coach to Slaven Bilic at uh, Besiktas and West Ham. So, you know, he's seen things. He's been around different sets of players. Uh, as I said, seen as a very energetic guy. He's definitely a Dortmund fan, which uh, should help with Dortmund fans, uh, just because the there should be more emotions uh, around the team. But, you know, the... 
to see how he can actually change things in the team uh, that that remains to be seen i think matthias dersch in kicker wrote today that internally there are voices that far for kind of held back the ideas that terzic would like to implement he would like the team to be more proactive and aggressive and less laborious and and certainly that seems to be the right avenue to go but you know i i would be surprised if this was more uh, of more than a, a caretaker situation i don't really think this is a this is an audition for the permanent job stranger things have happened but i think the plan seems to be christoph to now see out the season if possible with tersic and then target a proper if you will successor and the name that's been mentioned uh, increasingly is Marco Rosa, who reports suggest has a release clause for next year. I believe he is number uh, one target for Dortmund as well. The question is, can Tersic see out the season without the need to bring in a second interim uh, caretaker manager? What, what do you think? I think there are interesting similarities to the Flick situation at uh, Bayern Munich. So when Hansi Flick uh, was taking over last year uh, from Nico Kovac, also we already mentioned that after a 5-1 defeat at Frankfurt, I think everybody was expecting him uh, to be a caretaker manager for some weeks and then uh, somebody else would 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 come in um, and 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 uh, take over, or or maybe uh, in a way muddle through to the end of the season. What happened is history. I mean, he is now the uh, triple winning coach and um, uh, one of the biggest coaches in the history of uh, uh, of Bayern Munich. And um, I don't expect uh, Terzic to to, um, uh, to to achieve the same, but I think they are very uh, uh, pretty convinced of his uh, of his abilities at uh, Borussia Dortmund. And I uh, heard the same stuff that Lars already mentioned, so that that he might be able to refresh Borussia Dortmund. And uh, and I think they were pretty impressed by him because he was. Uh, in a way critical and loyal at the same time so he was not the kind of assistant coach as he was probably maybe sometimes disagreeing uh, on on the uh, style that Borussia Dortmund played under Favre but he was he was uh, so he was not going to his bosses and say ha ha we should uh, play differently i think his youth and his uh, connection to the club and his abilities that uh, uh, people saw uh, or see in him um, gives him a, a real chance to, yeah, in in a way become the Dortmund version uh, of Hansi Flick, um, I think with lower expectations. I agree with you, but I think there was also a slight difference in terms of the timing. I think Dortmund as a club went into the season knowing it is Lucien Favre's last, and I'm, I'm sure they must have had already some preliminary discussions with whoever they thought might be ready and willing to come in next summer. Whereas Bayern, when they appointed Flick, they really didn't know, I think, anyone who, who could do the job. They were, you know, really scrambling. And, and Flick, of course, used his opportunity. But at the same time, also, there were no real contenders out there. Do you remember that there was this half-hearted flirt with Arsene Wenger? And I can't even remember if there was any other contender properly being discussed. There was just no one, I think, available at that moment in time. I think with, with Dortmund and, and possibly Rosa, it's different. I think they might actually have him already had some kind of agreement or at least a very clear plan to 
to get Rose in if Rose is indeed their preferred candidate. And the only question, or perhaps the more pressing question at this point is, A, can Terzic be stable enough in his results to, to buy time? And B, how will they communicate this? Because if there is a setback, if they do lose a couple of games, which they will at some stage, will there be a restlessness? And will people be saying, well, who is, who's the new manager coming in? And can they sort of keep that discussion under wraps? Uh, they can half uh, ha- having this this maybe peculiar dynamic. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. I think Gladbach are well situated to handle these kinds of things. I think uh, it would behoove them to you know be as clear as possible. So I wouldn't be surprised actually if they all announced Rose's departure quite early. I mean, the same thing. Oh, they, they should have learned at least from the uh, situation when Rose took over from Hacking because they kind of left Hacking hanging a bit for some time before announcing Rose. Obviously, he was uh, very well sought after uh, when he was at Salzburg. So I think Gladbach probably didn't really know too early that they were actually going to get him, uh, which back then was kind of a surprise to some people anyway. But yeah, I think if 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 Gladbach uh, announced it early enough, I, I think uh, Rose has kind of earned this this uh, move, even if he's only been there for eighteen months now. But he certainly uh, developed and almost transformed them uh, even further. So you know, Gladbach know their position in in the pecking order in the Bundesliga and internationally. So I don't think anyone would necessarily be. Uh, begrudge him uh, a move to Dortmund and as for Dortmund I mean it all as you said depends on the results Terzic provides um, I mean if if they are looking nailed on for the Champions League then it's all smooth sailing but I mean knowing Dortmund and, and, and you know how they unravel quite clearly when they unravel uh, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if there was a crisis or two to navigate for what essentially is a, a lame duck coach in that situation. So it's certainly interesting that they went with someone without, you know, head coaching experience. And in his uh, staff, he has Otto Addo, who was the, I think he calls himself the talent manager. Also has Sebastian Gebhardt, who's the under 17 head coach. I mean, they both have the necessary licensing requirements to uh, be head coaches as well but it's it's a group of three coaches with uh, a grand total of one Bundesliga game in charge which was uh, when Favre was sick for a three-all draw against Hoffenheim <laughs> when they were 3-0 up and Terzic and Manfred Stefes who was the other assistant coach of Favre took care of the game so it, it's certainly kind of a bold decision in that regard but I think it also kind of indicates quite clearly that they have a plan that goes beyond this season. One name that's being mentioned a lot in the English Twitter sphere is, is Maurizio Pochettino. My sense has always been that Dortmund are reluctant, a little bit like Bayern, to appoint a non-German speaking manager with all this backroom staff that usually entails because they are afraid of losing control of their own club. So last you think we can rule that out? Well, as far as I know, they tried to sign him before, probably would have let go of Favre in the summer if Pochettino had said yes, but he doesn't seem really interested in Dortmund, which I can understand because comparing Dortmund to Spurs, I don't know if that's a huge step up. Certainly not for a head coach who's repeatedly in discussion or at least in media discussion in terms of the jobs at Real Madrid and PSG. I mean, that's certainly not Dortmund's price range. I think for someone of his caliber, they would probably waive their German-speaking requirement just because, you know, he's 
potentially at least a, a transformational figure at a club like Dortmund who could really put them over over the edge and but I I just don't see how they are interesting for a coach like that so I think while it's in theory Dortmund should be one of the best open jobs right now you always know that a number of clubs always make changes and I think right now Thomas Tuchel is out of contract in the summer so PSG would be a more likely avenue for Pochettino than Dortmund I think and then Tuchel can come back to Dortmund <laughs> after the ringing endorsement that you just provided for him. <laughs> interesting what you said about Pochettino that you felt there was more him rather than them being reluctant to to doing that Christoph before we move on I've seen suggestions from from people in the know, as it were, that um, Mark Rosa could actually be accompanied by Max Eberl when he moves over to Dortmund, if and when he moves over to Dortmund next summer. Do you think that's a possibility? No, no, no. I, that, I, that would be totally surprising. I think probably the only club for which uh, Max Eberl would leave Borussia Mönchengladbach is Bayern Munich because... Uh, he played there as a youth player because he comes from the area and so on. So there is also, apart from Bayern, uh, one of uh, the international top clubs, there's also a sentimental connection. But I, I, I think, I know, I, um, I, I, that, that would be a, I, I would be completely surprised because Borussia Mönchengladbach is very much his club. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, the club that was not created by him alone, but with a group of, of uh, people who, who works together for um, almost 15 years or so. And, um, uh, and I, I, I don't see any chance uh, that, that he will leave uh, the one Borussia for the other. Okay. Last, we're going to talk about all the clubs that you like apart from Dortmund now. Leverkusen, Leipzig, Wolfsburg. Sadly, no time for Hoffenheim, but um, I think we better let you go at this point. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> Thanks. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Right, so Christoph, you said you'd be surprised if that spurious uh, Abel rumor is, is true. Would you be surprised if Bayer Leverkusen win the title this year? Because they are top after a 4-1 win over Hoffenheim, which Peter Bosch called not even that good. Well, if you're top and win for one, if you're not that good, maybe you're very good and maybe you might win the championship. <laughs> they are very good, but I think they are not good enough to win the championship. And 
Uh, but but we will know uh, uh, more about it towards the end of the week when they have played uh, Bayern Munich and um, Bayern is still the test for every contender for the for the title. Yes, Bayern Leverkusen is 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 playing uh, some nice football uh, this season, especially with these enormous fast wingers DRB and uh, Bailey, and it's uh, I, I found it. Uh, fun to watch partly uh, yesterday against Hoffenheim to see them play but uh, I, I still have my doubts that they are good enough uh, to challenge uh, Bayern Munich or RB Leipzig well yes Leipzig just a point behind them after a 2-0 win over Werder they've had a very good week of course uh, knocking out uh, Man United and then moving within a point of Leverkusen just behind Bayern on goal difference. Bayern had a great result, actually themselves. 1-1 at uh, Champions League <laughs> contenders Union Berlin, away. So that's a very good, very good result. Um, Although Union Berlin uh, was crippled by injuries, uh, so so many players missing. So, uh, that, uh, so you're uh, saying a missed opportunity for Bayern. Uh, yeah, oh, exactly. No, um, uh, yeah, uh, Union played uh, uh, very, very well and surprisingly well uh, against um, uh, Bayern Munich um, uh, without Max Kruse, who was the inspirational player this season so far. They created a lot of chances and... Um, and uh, yeah, I I think Bayern was not lucky to get a point. I mean that would stretch it too far. But um, uh, the the draw was fully deserved. So um, very interesting and surprising. Mm. Yeah, well, perhaps not so surprising considering that Bayern have been running on empty in recent weeks. Yeah, you can see it in the XG. You can see it in. The players' uh, body language. Uh, you can see it in the lack of real dominance that they they're able to to achieve and the very few chances that you create even if you don't look at the statistics. I think you were very right saying, saying in the last weeks that um, uh, Bayern has, has real problems to sustain their style with the high pressing and, and uh, de defending high up and uh, they um, uh, and the, the XG sh uh, shows it that they uh, give away so much more goal chances to the opponents uh, compared to last season. And I think it's um, it's uh, not because they are not well organized anymore, but because they run out of steam a bit. Yeah, Which takes us to Leipzig, because uh, as you said, they, uh, they won, or as I said, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Um, they won against Werder Bremen. And what is interesting here is that Leipzig don't seem to suffer from the same level of complaints when it comes both to the injuries although they've had a few uh, but perhaps more importantly about the energy levels now this could be down to two things or maybe three one just sheer luck two the fact that their squad is very very deep and they have very few injuries or thirdly that Julian Nagelsmann's tactics are slightly more varied more refined they don't have to press all the time they can sort of mix it up a little bit you think they maybe have a slightly more sustainable way of de dealing with it they're just as tired as Bayern I think in, in, in theory having played only a few days less than them last summer do you think they might actually be better situated to win the uh title? 
Yeah, I agree. And, and, and maybe they also have the um, better backroom staff. So it's maybe um, the athletic coaches and, and the, um, uh, the doctors are, are doing a, a better job because um, it's, uh, I think it's, it's almost an art form uh, this season to, to balance um, uh, the, the, your squad and, and who plays for how long to avoid injuries and, and, and so on. And uh, maybe that's also one of the reasons that players are young. It's also helping. So, so they still have a, a, a very, not the youngest, but still a very young uh, team. And yeah, so there are different elements that come together and it looks more and more likely that they become a real contender for, for the German title this season. I, I'd agree with that. And finally, Wolfsburg, up in fourth after yet another pretty convincing win. Uh, 2-1 at home to Frankfurt. Wout Weghorst going strong. We have to maybe reassess our opinion of them. They've, have they made enough progress to to challenge at least for the top four? What do you think? They have made challenge, uh, but, but um, my impression uh, of uh, Wolfsburg is similar to, to that of Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I, I think we see a development of a good team that is becoming better, but I ha still have my doubts if, if uh, Wolfsburg... Uh, can be um, a, a, a real title contender uh, this season. And, and again, so it's interesting, the, the uh, two undefeated teams uh, in the league that are Wolfsburg and Leverkusen are, play, are playing uh, Bayern this week. So um, after the end of the week, we will know more about the real abilities of the two. And then we'll talk about it in the next edition of Starcast. So... Thank you very much, uh, Christoph. Thank you very much, Lars. Thank you very much, dear listener. Do come back to us when we talk about the next crazy things happening in the Bundesliga. I'm sure there'll be many. Bye-bye.